0: Football. I've been watching it for 40 years! Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. My confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Segers. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. It is, of course, the Thursday, October 5th edition of the show. And it is week six in college football we got a lot to get to today, so I don't want to waste a whole lot of time, but I do want to tell you, of course, I am your host, Gary Seegers. You can follow me on the Instagram and TikTok, at GaryWCE. You can follow me for all of my plays and any information that I get, etc., over on Telegram, at GaryWCE. And, uh, and you can get me on Twitter, at Winning Cures. That is the show's page. Uh, I will be on there. Uh, if there's anybody that wants to hop into the chat, any questions, et cetera, anything you want to toss in about the games that I'm going to talk about today, go ahead and do that. Uh, If you feel like supporting the show, buymeacoffee.com slash winningcures. That is the best way to do that. Let me go on and tell you, later on today on the Winning Cures Everything YouTube channel, we've got Three Dog Thursday. Uh, Miami BJ jumps in. What do you think about Miami? We're going to get to that one. We're going to get to that. It's a little bit later down here, but if you've seen this show before, you know that I've kind of rapid fire this thing i go through spend about two or three minutes on each game uh just yeah be on the lookout we will talk about miami and georgia tech uh yes so tj reeves does three Dog thursday every single thursday it will be on this channel at 2 p.m central time 3 p.m eastern so be ready for it be ready for it it's coming up pretty much uh, right after this show so be ready for that uh the bet us college football show I do that every Tuesday and Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, live on the Bet US College Football Channel. Uh, you can find that on YouTube. There's also the Bet US Football Show on your podcast feed, whatever your favorite podcast app is. Uh, and the games that we talk about on this show are typically the games that we do not discuss over there, right? So we we hit anywhere from 15 to 20 games a week on the Bet US channel. Well, then I just fill out the rest of them here and give you my thoughts on all of these different games. So. Let's not waste a bunch of time. Let's go on and get to it. Uh, We'll start off with this, my record recap thus far this season. And we'll write it down, write down the times, of course. So far on the year, I am 52 and 45. Okay, and I I don't count the pushes uh, because you just get your money back for those. But I'm 52 and 45. That is 53.61%. 12, 8, and 1 last week. So, gave out 21 picks, went uh, 12-8, and had one push in there. Uh, But, yeah, there you go. Uh, Let's see. Kenneth Collins said, how you doing, brother? I'm with you. Uh, I think Purdue is the play. Walters knows. All right. We'll we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Okay. Um, But we'll get to that one. We'll get to that one. Let's go ahead and start it up now by talking about Kansas State and Oklahoma State. And we're going to pull it up on the screen This one's a Friday night kick, 6.30 p.m. Central Time, God's Time Zone on ESPN. And my numbers love Kansas State here. Now, typically, you're betting against Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Gundy as an underdog has been absolutely incredible. But, man, when you start to break this thing down, uh, it is – there's not a lot – to like about Oklahoma State's team. Number 108 PPA margin to number 29 for Kansas State. Now, Kansas State did not look good on the road against Missouri. Uh, They had some big plays, but they also gave up some big plays. What does Gundy have schemed up here? I, I don't know that he does have anything, right? I mean, we saw this game last year in Manhattan. It was 48 to nothing, Kansas State. It was a beating. Now, this Kansas State team has changed, but I think Oklahoma State has actually gotten worse from last year. Uh, you start looking at offensive success rate, number 105, for Oklahoma State, there's there's not a way for me to figure out, like, okay, pass success rate, Oklahoma State's number 81, Kansas State's defense number 61. Like, Luther Burden did a number on this Kansas State defense. I don't know that Oklahoma State's got anybody that can do that. So I think that's, that's the biggest issue is how is Oklahoma State going to score? Now, on the other side, of course, you can see here, okay, Uh, Everywhere that you look, Kansas State has an advantage. You know, even if you looked at Oklahoma State's rushing defense, number 39 PPA per rush, well, Kansas State is number 23. You look at rushing success rate, Oklahoma State only allowing uh, number 21, 33.59% success on rushing plays when they're on defense. Well, okay, Uh, Kansas State is number 25. Nearly 50% of their rushes are successful. Uh, rushing explosiveness. Oklahoma State is number 113 in the country in rushing explosive plays allowed. Uh, Kansas State is number 43. Like, there's there's nothing that I can see that would make sense. And when you get to, like, the five factors rank, which is all the way down here for those that are curious, uh, Kansas State is close to a top 10 team when you factor in talent and the five factors, right, which is field position, havoc, uh, points per play, et cetera, et cetera, Right. So, there's not an advantage for Oklahoma State anywhere here. The only advantage they got is that the game is at home. So, I don't think that's enough for me this year with with what this Gundy team looks like. Give me Kansas State minus the 11.5. I think they will, even on a weeknight, you know, against a home underdog, I think they're going to be just fine. I think they're going to be just fine. Uh, Moving along... Nebraska at Illinois. Illinois, a three and a half point favorite, total of 43 on this one. It's Friday, 7 p.m. Central Time on FS1. And we'll go on and pull it up. Uh, I did get a question here. Derek Mubarak, thank you for your picks. Where do you find these stats? Uh, a myriad of places, right? Uh, college football data. Uh, we've also got, good gracious, team rankings. Uh, sports reference does a really good job of bringing those in. And. Yeah, I just compile them all each week and put together my sheets so that I can see what the matchups are. So, back to Illinois and Nebraska. Again, total of 43 on this. My projected total is 42.85. Okay. Uh, Illinois a a 3.5-point favorite. Okay. I mean, they're at home, I guess, but is home field in Champaign, Illinois really worth 3.5 points? I've got Nebraska favored by one point here. Again, I don't know what to make of Nebraska totally, but I mean, you look at these numbers, and the Illinois numbers are are mind blowing to me. Right, they're number twenty two in offensive success rate overall. That has to do with the rushing numbers, but like PPA per rush, they're number sixty five. Like they they can't throw the ball. They're number ninety eight in passing success rate. There's nothing on Illinois' defense that scares me. I think Nebraska is going to be able to have some success, even though they're not great on offense. And we'll scroll down so you can see exactly what we're talking about. Nebraska—they don't throw the ball very much. They're really good running the ball. They—they run it, you know, over sixty percent of the time. They're number sixty-eight PPA per rush against number one sixteen for Illinois' defense. Number forty-eight in rushing success rate against number one twenty-two for Illinois' defense here. At stuff rate, Illinois can't get stops at the line. They're number 127 on defense, number 128 in offensive line yards allowed. Yeah, Nebraska's going to be able to kind of bully them here. Uh, and Derek jumped back in. Thank you. I love Nebraska in this spot. Yeah, I, I think I kind of do too. There's there's not a lot to like about Illinois thus far this season. So, you know, with that said, uh, it's three and a half. Yeah, I love the hook. Yeah, give me Nebraska plus the three and a half on Friday night on the road. That's uh that's what I'm going with on this one. And we'll move along. Next one. We're moving to the Saturday slate now. Okay. LSU at Missouri. No, um, no, no, no. We're not going to do that one yet. Let's let's hold off. That's a tease, I guess. USF at UAB. And uh, UAB, a three-and-a-half point home dog here. Total of 68-and-a-half. This one's at 3 p.m. on ESPN2. Uh, and they changed the times up. That's why I'm doing this one a little bit early uh in the in the slate here but i think the demise of UAB has been greatly exaggerated okay this team is not good on defense obviously like they are really not good number 130 in defensive ppa per drive which you can see right there but uh when it comes to offense I mean, Trent Dilfer has this bunch rolling. Jacob Zeno, the quarterback, has been really, really good. Yeah, I'm a fan here. Uh, Number 49 PPA per pass on offense. Number 37 on defense. Uh, Sorry, number 37 uh, per rush. And number 49 PPA per pass. Uh, USF is, like, better on defense. But I think some of these numbers are skewed because of who they've played. Uh, Alabama can't throw the ball. And Navy... Hasn't been throwing the ball. So their passing success rate and all that, eh, I I don't know how much I I trust it. Uh, I am, these, by the way, this projected total, way off. Way off. Uh, The total is 68 and a half. I'm, I don't know what my numbers are doing here uh, on this part of the model. But regardless, uh, it does like USF by a point. I think UAB can keep this thing close. I think they got enough players on offense to be able to stay in this thing. When you look at, you know, South Florida's offense, you know, number one twelve PPA per pass, number fifty seven PPA per rush, and that's where they'll have the advantage is is running the ball. The only issue is they can't stay consistent with it. Uh, USF number one twenty four in standard downs PPA, number one twenty seven in standard downs rate. Uh, they're not good in early downs, for whatever reason. So, do I think USF wins the game? Probably. Uh, do I like the fact that I can get UAB and a a pretty good offense at you know three and a hook at home? Yeah, I like that. So yeah, give me a uh, give me UAB plus the three and a half here. I uh I feel good about that one. I feel good about that. All right, next up now we'll move to the SEC. LSU at Missouri. Missouri, a five-and-a-half-point home dog, total of 64-and-a-half on this one. And it is at 11 a.m. Central Time, God's Time Zone, on ESPN. Let's pop it up on the screen so you can see the numbers. Uh, let's see. Kenneth said, Dilfer uh, has his guys playing hard. They're always good for a backdoor. The quarterback is efficient. Yes. Yes. Uh, I like this, Jesse. Somebody better smash that like button. This is the first time I've done this one live. I, I'm, I'm running out of time at the house because the schedule is completely different with a newborn at the house. So I'm just having to put this thing out whenever I can. So hopefully you guys appreciate it. I appreciate y'all for being here. Back to Missouri and LSU. Missouri is a a five-and-a-half-point dog. I have them favored by four points here. Okay. I mean, the strength of schedule certainly favors LSU, right? You go on the road. You play at Ole Miss. You go and play in a neutral site against Florida State. That is certainly better than what Missouri has played, uh, where their road game was at Vanderbilt, And their toughest game was at home against Kansas State, uh, a team who they can throw the ball on. I I don't know that I have seen a team that is so different from one side of the ball to the other. If you look at these numbers, number one in in offensive PPA per drive, number 131 in defensive PPA per drive, nobody can stop them. And they can't stop anybody, which, to me, lends itself to the underdog covering whether it is backdoor, whether it is by, whatever else, right? And so I, I think that, I think I'm going to have to pick against LSU pretty much the rest of the year because they're going to be favored in a lot of games. They got a ton of talent going on the road here. Missouri is believing in themselves right now. This is an undefeated team. And you look at what Missouri does best on offense. Number 13 in PPA per pass. Number 45 in passing explosiveness. Number 24 in passing success rate. They're number 20 on passing downs PPA. Uh, They don't throw a lot of interceptions. Yeah. LSU's defense, number 125 PPA per pass. Number 102 in passing success rate allowed. It's terrible. Terrible. Uh, You don't have to worry too much about Missouri running the ball. Luther Burden and that wide receiving core, uh, Theo Weiss, et cetera. They're going to be able to do a lot of things against this LSU defense. And on the other side, yeah, the Missouri defense, uh, I think they'll be able to stop the run a little bit, but for the most part, I think Jaden Daniels is going to be able to do what he wants to throw the ball. Uh, they're number 74 PPA per pass, uh, number 55 passing success rate on defense for Missouri. I mean, LSU's numbers are just through the freaking roof through the roof here. So yes, uh, it's not one that I am like huge on, but I do like Missouri plus five and a half here because I mean my numbers have them as a favorite, so I'll uh, I'll roll with that. Derek said, uh, "What's the difference between the ESPN strength of schedule and the regular one?" Uh, the strength of schedule for the ESPN one also factors in like power ratings and whatnot, as opposed to just like regular win loss etc. So there is there's a lot of different ways you can look at it. Uh, the ESPN one I have found to be Kind of reliant, right? There's there's the strength of record. That's one thing. But strength of schedule is uh, something completely different. Uh, if you've not already, go ahead and like the video, subscribe to the channel. We're trying to get to 10,000 on this channel. That's my plan, my hope, my goal for this season. So I would certainly appreciate that if you would go ahead and knock that out. Packer coming in hot already. ESPN skews everything towards the SEC. Do they? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying I mean they, they kind of always have for years but uh I mean do they really are we are we going conspiracy theory this early on a Thursday and I say this early it's afternoon but regardless all right moving along over to the ACC uh and I guess the independent route Boston College heads to army and army is a three-point favorite at home total of 50 on the game it's 11 a.m central time God's time zone on CBS sports network. Let's go on and pull this thing up. And uh yeah, Packer said Tez is free. Yes. Yes. Tez Walker ruled eligible by the NCAA. I haven't gotten to see a whole lot else. Again, Newborn was up from two thirty to six thirty. Uh it's it's been a it's been a wild, wild week. <laughs> a wild three weeks. Uh, let's see. So Boston College. I've got Army favor by seven points here. Okay, now the number that's at the top up there, for those that are curious, that is a, a power rating number uh, that also kind of skews in some of the, the yearly stats. Uh, I've got Army favored by five in that 4.95. I mean, just ridiculous. So looking at the numbers on offense, Army, number nine in PPA per pass, but number 105 in passing success rate. Uh, yeah, it's because they score a lot of points when they throw the ball. They just don't do it a ton, and they don't do it to be efficient with it. They are trying to hit big plays, and when they do, then they can squat on a lead. That's what Army does. This new offense, they will find different little uh, kinks in your defense, and they will try to hit a big play, and if they can get a lead, they will just crockpot you. And that, I think, is what they're probably going to do against Boston College. You'll see some big plays uh, maybe early in this game. And then I imagine that you will see Army just try and run out the clock because the new clock rules are a bit of an advantage to teams that can actually run the ball. So, yeah, that's my, that's my expectation here is that Army covers the three points. You look at this defense for Boston College, uh, number 131 PPA per pass allowed, number 118 passing success, all that kind of stuff, Army will be able to find an opening to hit a play. On this defense, running the ball, uh, BC number 94 rushing success rate. And don't get me wrong, Army number 119 in rushing success rate. But if you're successful on 37% of your rushes and you're able to hit a big play here and there, yeah, you're still going to be able to do really good things. Uh, You look at the five factors rank down here, number 62 uh, in five factors. Now, when you add in talent, they're number 83. Boston College, they are not good at anything. Number one, thirty-two in penalties per game against Army, who is number one. They only commit two point three penalties per game. Uh, turnover margin, interesting, very interesting. Um, points per play margin, you know, net explosiveness, net points per drive, like this all skews Army's way. So, yeah, I will, uh, I will take the Black Knights. That's what I'm going to do here. Give me army on that one. Next up, we're going to the Big Ten. Rutgers heads to Wisconsin. Wisconsin, a 13 and a half point favorite here. Total of 44 on the game. It's 11 a.m. Central Time on Peacock. That's right. You got to have the streaming app for this one, and you got to have your broadband ready. So hopefully you guys have prepared accordingly. Uh, I think you could do summer of Peacock, right? Uh, let's see. Is South Florida offense really that good? Says Kenneth. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, and Jesse, I don't mean to be rude. Is this show exclusively sicko games? Uh, Packer said it's usually games he doesn't cover on BetUS. Yeah. <laughs> I know that there's people that would rather me talk about Alabama, Texas A&M, etc. Uh, but I'm, I'm just trying to cover the entire board is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to cover as many games as possible each week. That's my plan. That's my plan. All right. Again, Rutgers at Wisconsin. In this one, a Wisconsin, a thirteen and a half point favorite, total of forty four. It's eleven a.m. on Peacock. Get your streamers ready. Okay, let's pull up the numbers. Do we trust Rutgers to cover a number on the road? Is Wisconsin good or how about this? Is Rutgers good? Right. You look at the strength of schedule or strength of a uh, record by ESPN standards. Rutgers has played a stronger strength of schedule. And they have performed better against it than Wisconsin. Wisconsin's strength of schedule, number 90, they're number 43 in strength of record, right? So we can make our own assumptions here, right? You look at the Rutgers' defensive numbers, number 46 PPA per rush, number 69 rushing success rate allowed. That's what Wisconsin is really good at, right? Number 20 rushing success, number 29 PPA per, uh, per rush. They want to try and pass the ball some. Wisconsin does. But they're not good at it. Number 93 PPA per pass, number 107 passing success rate, Tanner Mordecai has not been great so far in this Phil Longo offense. We all kind of expected that he was going to be awesome, and it just hasn't happened. Rutgers has had some success, especially on defense. These two teams are a lot more similar than you would think. And and Rutgers, when you look at them, they like to slow this thing down. Pace of play typically favors the team that plays slower. Because when they get the ball, they are going to reel it in and run as much clock as humanly possible. It's harder for an offense to get into a rhythm, especially one that relies on that timing on pace. I expect that Wisconsin is going to win this game. The question, of course, is whether or not they cover 13.5. You look at the five factors, Shiano has got this team operating the way that he wants them to. Uh, this This is surprising to me. Rutgers... You look at their first-half point margin, number 18. They're plus 10.2 in the first half. Uh, Not as good in the second half. But Wisconsin, first-half point margin, number 58. They're plus 1.8. And they've played a weaker strength of schedule. I kind of look for Rutgers to get out early here, and I don't know that they would necessarily be leading, but I think that this game's going to be pretty close. Yeah, I mean, my power number is Wisconsin minus 11.9. Just raw stats, Wisconsin minus 9.32. Yeah, I'm going to take Rutgers plus thirteen and a half on this one. It's uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. Um, it feels weird to bet on Rutgers, especially in Madison. But who, what a what a weird world we are living in right now. All right, this is an interesting one in the ACC uh, as a Sunbelt team is coming to town. Marshall heads to NC State. NC State a six and a half point uh, home favorite. Total of forty four and a half. And this one's 1 p.m. Central Time on the CW. That's right. You get to see it now. NC State. They have changed out. There is no Brennan Armstrong starting anymore at quarterback, which is strange. It will now be MJ Morris. And he started some last year. He was pretty good. Uh, but is he Is he going to... Um, is he going to make a huge difference on this team? I don't think so. I think they're going to look about the same. Like, that's just my, that's just my guess on it. So, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening there, but regardless. Uh, let's take a look at... Da, da, da. Okay, so here's the numbers. Um, my numbers have Marshall actually favored in this game. NC State a 6.5 point favorite. Maybe they get rejuvenated and they look better with a new quarterback. I think the offense is going to be about the same, honestly. And even if they do get a little bit better, Marshall's defense is really good against the pass. Number two in PPA per pass, number 11 in passing success rate allowed, number 11 in passing explosiveness allowed. They are a great defense, even after losing Lance Guidry. I think they've done good things here. Charles Huff is a fantastic coach. He's going to be up for some big-time jobs this year. Now, granted, strength of schedule probably has something to do with that. But again... It's how you perform. Uh, they're doing really, really well thus far. Defensive success rate, they're number nine overall. Uh, NC State, number 62, offensive success rate. And number 60, defensive success rate. You look at available yards margin. You look at net points per drive. Like all these different things. Uh, it's, it's interesting. We'll say that, right? And so the defense, really good. But it, again, net explosiveness. Neither one of these teams uh, is, is great in net explosiveness. Penalties per game? That points towards Marshall. Uh, the the whole five factors, field position, uh, penalties, havoc, etc., that all favors Marshall here. They're going on the road again. Maybe there is some rejuvenation because they've got a new quarterback at NC State. Maybe that's got the locker room believing again. I don't necessarily buy it. I think that... I think Marshall is going to be able to score some points here, and I don't think NC State is going to be able to score points. I think it's going to be incredibly tight, and and 6.5 points feels like too much. I think this could be a field goal game. Either way, that home field advantage, I don't know, will be the same at Carter-Finley Stadium at 1 p.m. Central Time. So, I'll take Marshall. I'll take the Sun Belt team, plus 6.5 here. Again, we'll see what happens with the new quarterback. But, whew, man... Uh <laughs> Packer said, uh, he said if Marshall wins after the quarterback change in Raleigh, someone will have to talk pack fans off the ledge. It's you're a hundred percent right. You're a hundred percent right. All right, moving along over to the AC, excuse me, the AAC. Good gracious, I'm gonna get all these acronyms right just in time for all the leagues to be gone. UTSA heads to Temple. They're going up to Philly. It's gonna be uh, a good time, I would imagine. And uh, the total, 54.5. Temple is a 14-point home underdog. It's on ESPN Plus at 1 p.m. Central Time. God's time zone. You look at the numbers, I've got UTSA minus 8.52. The reason that this line has been inflated so much is it looks like, looks like Frank Harris is going to be back for this game. I don't know that it's official. They may have made that official since I was able to get sleep. But regardless, do we not think there's going to be any kind of rust on Frank Harris when he comes in. And it's not even that. it's The defense has not been fantastic either way. And even when Frank Harris was in the game, the offense wasn't great. So how much do we rely on this? Temple, I had high hopes for Temple coming in. I like the quarterback EJ Warner, etc. I like Stan Drayton. I like what he's doing with the, with the program, at least what I saw at the end of last season. I don't know what to make of this team. Even still, 14 points, I mean, that feels like way, way too much. Uh, let's, let's break down just a little bit. When Temple is on defense, they're not really good at anything. Uh, teams are running, as Parker would say. Uh, we talk about selection when we see such a drastic difference here. Uh, number 98 PPA per rush, number 83 rushing success rate on defense for Temple. Well, teams run the ball over 60% of the time against Temple. And part of that is because they get up to big leads and then they can just run out the clock. Part of that is because Temple's not very good at stopping the run. Uh, yeah, they don't have to pass the ball on Temple. Uh, they're <laughs> I mean, these numbers are crazy. Uh, however, UTSA is not good at really anything. They're number 120 in rushing success rate on here. Uh, that is almost inexcusable. For a quarterback that has, or for a team that has a quarterback that is capable of, you know, running at any point, he can find holes and be able to pick up yards. It's called stealing yards. They're great at it. So you look at the five factors rank, these two teams are very, very similar. Uh, UTSA does have a talent advantage, but again, this team, uh, number 132 in turnover margin. At number 115 in giveaways per game, number 131 in takeaways. And it's not like Temple is a whole lot better. They don't do a lot better on uh, on takeaways, but they are better. So, I don't know, home game for Temple, UTSA, I mean they're they're looking to bounce back. Uh I still think that this one is going to be a little bit tighter. I think maybe the line again has gotten a touch too inflated because of Frank Harris coming back. I don't think it's going to be so clean cut when he gets back. That's that's my guess. So, uh, Packer. Miami ran for 77 yards against AM at home, 324 on Temple on the road. Yeah, that's the way it goes. That is the way it goes. Uh, let's see. All right, we're moving to the Pac-12. I got to pick up the pace. I got to pick up the pace. Okay. Pac-12 here. Washington State heads over to UCLA. We didn't get to talk about this one on the BetUS show. UCLA a three and a half point favorite, total of fifty nine. It's two p.m. Central Time on the Pac twelve Network, and yes, there are some sharp guys that have taken UCLA. I think Brad Powers took UCLA when it was three. Uh, I'm I'm very interested here. Let's let's pull up the numbers on the screen, because my model uh, is in love with Jake Dickert and and the Washington State Cougars. I love Ben Arbuckle. I love what he's doing with this offense. How real is UCLA's defense? That's what I want to know. You look at it number 20 in defensive success rate allowed. um, I, everything that Washington state has done on offense has worked. Everything. Let's, let's start off there. Let's start about Washington state's offense. They're not good at running the ball, obviously, but they don't do it. (laughs) They run it about 40% of the time. they're number 92 PPA per rush, number 47 in rushing success rate because they do run it when you kind of least expect it. Their offensive line is not great at stopping the run, etc. Turns out this is what UCLA's defense is best at. They're number 5 PPA per rush allowed. They are number 13 in rushing success rate allowed. When you get over to passing the ball, you look at passing downs PPA, passing downs success rate, uh, this all leans Washington State. So... Now we get back over to the other side. Okay. Washington State, on defense, really good against the pass. Number 32 PPA per pass. They're number 36 passing success rate allowed. UCLA, thus far, not great PPA per pass. Now, Utah may have skewed some of those numbers, right? Number 68 PPA per pass. Number 69 passing success rate. Uh, They are somewhat explosive, but Washington State uh, does a good job of stopping explosive plays, especially when the other team is trying to throw the ball. UCLA, are they going to be able to run the ball? Because their overarching numbers are not fantastic running the ball. You would think with Carson Steele and uh, uh, what's the other guy's name? Hendricks? I think uh, either way, you know who I'm talking about. They got two running backs that are fantastic at UCLA. And then you got Dante Moore who can get out of the pocket if he needs to. But they haven't been fantastic Running the ball like you would expect. That offensive line kind of still growing here. Ugh. I, Derek said, I'm putting my bank account on Washington State with those numbers. Here's do not do that because we are still early and these are raw numbers. Okay. <laughs> However, strength of schedule kind of favors Washington State here. Number 89, strength of schedule uh, to UCLA, number 98. I, I, Think I'm going to have to go Washington State just because of the hook here? Again, a lot of people love UCLA, especially at home here. But Washington State has shown that they can play uh, some pretty good teams. I mean, they handled Oregon State. They stopped that running attack. Why would we think that they can't stop UCLA's running attack? That's my question. Jake Dickert is a defensive coordinator. That was his job uh, before he got this job. Okay. He understands how to coach defense. I'm going to trust him here. Give me me Washington State plus the three and a half. That's the way we're going on the show here. Moving along, Virginia Tech and Florida State. Florida State, a 24-point favorite here. Uh, Total of 53. It's 2.30 p.m. Central Time on ABC. Uh, Again, we don't do a bunch of trends and whatnot on this version of the show on, on Winning Cures Everything. We are just talking straight numbers. I'm going to show you what my model says, and then we're going to go from there. A lot of sharp people on Virginia Tech thus far. I think Toons gave it out at a, a different number here, you know, whatever else. But it, are we are we really trusting Virginia Tech to go on the road and cover numbers against Florida State? Is that what we're doing here? I mean, <laughs> I don't get me wrong. There are... I understand different spots and all that, right? Uh, Florida State got, you know, some big stuff coming up and maybe they just don't care about this one and, and drones at quarterback for Virginia Tech had certainly made that offense look a little bit better than they had before with Grant Wells, but, whew, uh, rough. Okay. Now, we look at these numbers. There's not a whole lot that favors Virginia Tech. However, they are okay against the pass right and that seems to be florida state's best thing but man do they have the athletes to be able to keep up with johnny wilson and keon clark like there there are dudes all over the field bell etc for florida state jordan travis can get outside of the pocket and create crazy plays and virginia tech again strength of schedule i think matters number 93 in strength of schedule Uh, Florida State is number 32. They've been able to do this kind of stuff against way, way better and more talented defenses. Of course, I say that, and and Florida State played LSU, so So the numbers might be skewed a bit thanks to uh, the Bayou Bengals. But uh, Florida State can't run the ball, really. Virginia Tech can't really stop the ball or stop the run, excuse me. Uh, That's going to be interesting. On offense, okay, uh, Virginia Tech can't run the ball. And that seems to be what Florida State is best at is stopping the run. Uh, does Virginia Tech find something with the passing attack here? Maybe. I mean, number 53 PPA per pass for, uh, Florida State's defense, Virginia Tech, number 67 in PPA per pass on offense. I, I just don't see it. Like I, I, Maybe Florida State is looking ahead to some other things, but this game's at home. It's, uh, it's 2.30 p.m. It's on ABC, so you're in a prime spot here. I'm going to take Florida State. That's my plan. I'm going to take Florida State to cover the 24. Uh, again, I'm not going to feel great about it because I don't love laying huge numbers, but that's, that's what I'm going to do in this situation. I don't trust Virginia Tech with anything, especially against a significantly more talented team. So that's where I'm rolling. Headed over to the Big Ten. Headed to the Big Ten now. And we've got Purdue heading to Iowa. Iowa, a two-point favorite in Kinnick. 38.5 is the total. 2.30 p.m. Again, it's another Peacock game. So you're going to have to have your broadband ready. And you're going to have to have the app. Uh, I think you can sign up and get... And this is not an ad for them. Uh, We'll get to an ad here in a minute. (laughs) But I think it's like Summer of Peacock. And you can get like twenty percent off for an entire year. It's, it's or you get it for like half off for a year, or maybe it's the whole year for like twenty bucks. I can't remember. It's something. It's something crazy. But try try the promo code Summer of Peacock, and you can get signed up, and that way you can watch these Big Ten games. Because who, in their right mind, would not want to watch Iowa and Purdue? Am I right? Uh <laughs> yeah again. I see this on the screen. I'm putting my bank account on Washington State with this one. No, don't do that. Don't put your bank account on any of these games. This ball is oblong and bounces funny. Don't do that. Uh, have fun with it, though. Have fun with it. I enjoy betting. I bet a lot. But don't bet your mortgage. Don't bet your bank account. Okay. Continuing on. Looking at these numbers. Whew. This Iowa offense is something else. Um, they're not good on offense. I mean, they're, just, they're, not, they're not even close. Uh Number 114 PPA per pass. Number 129 PPA per rush. Uh, Terrible. Terrible. But what's the kid's name? Deacon Hill, I think, is the uh, the new quarterback. That's a big old boy. I think he'll be able to run the ball a little bit. I think Cade McNamara has been playing hurt basically all season. I don't think he's been himself. So this offense was not great. It was already operating at less than what it could be. I kind of like the new kid. He wasn't great, but I think that he gives them a little bit more stability here. I I am going with Iowa to cover the two points at home. Kinnick is a monster, and Ryan Walter's going in there. I know that he's got a better offense. Let's pull up the numbers here. Number 75, PPA per pass. Number 84, PPA per rush. Yeah, uh, Derek jumps in. how do you like the under-39 in the Iowa game uh, without their main quarterback? I would I would hold off on that. Um, my projected total is 43 points here because I expect Iowa to score a little over 24, and Purdue maybe like 19, 18, 17, whatever. Um, I, I, think it, I think this could go over because I think that Iowa's offense is going to be a little bit better and never rule out the idea of points when Hudson Card is the quarterback of the other team. Uh, you look at turnover margin. Number 83 in giveaways per game is Iowa's offense. Takeaways per game. Iowa has not been great in this this year. They typically are like top 5, top 10. They're number 65 in takeaways per game. They're still taking the ball away 1.4 times per game. You think they won't be able to set up short fields? You think they won't be able to just return interceptions? Yeah. I, I think, let's see, Walters knows Iowa. Uh, Kenneth Collins jumped in. Um, Walters knows Iowa. Iowa's second quarterback, and the first one wasn't very good. I think I like this quarterback. I think I like this quarterback. I'm going to take Iowa here. I know everybody wants to bet against Iowa, but Iowa is playing in Kinnick, and now they've had a week with this quarterback who I think could probably perform better than a Cade McNamara that was at best at like 70% so far this season. Give me Iowa. That's all I got. I mean, none of these numbers are going to make any damn sense anyway. Uh, <laughs> Kenneth said, Card has underachieved. Uh, he's talented. He is talented. But again, he has underachieved thus far. Let me tell you right quick about Ticket um, ticketsmarter.com. Think smarter, ticket smarter. If you want to get into some of these games, it can be kind of expensive. If you want to go to concerts, like my wife and I went to see Tyler Childers over the summer, those tickets were insane. But you can save some money by going to ticketsmarter.com. Use the promo code WCE10. That's WCE10. You're going to get $10 off of an order of $100 or more. If you use the promo code WCE20, you can take 20 bucks off an order of $300 or more. And here's the best part about this. These promo codes, it's not a one-time thing. It's not a sign up and use this and you're done. Uh, hey, I mean, use it as many times as you would like just every different order that you use with ticket smarter use the promo code wce10 to get 10 bucks off 100 or wce20 wce20 and uh and you can take 20 bucks off of 300 dollars or more so think smarter ticket smarter easy enough okay we move along and we got a few more games that we got to hit on uh let's see packer five bucks oh thank you thank you we appreciate this of course he said, uh, how is UCF favored against Kansas on the road? Uh, well, that says to me that uh, uh, Daniels is not going to play a quarterback. But I would not. I, I wouldn't. I don't think it matters. <laughs> I don't think it matters. I think, I think either it says that Daniels is uh, not going to play this week, or it says that John Reese Plumley is back. And UCF, people think that UCF is going to be able to score on that defense. We'll get to that game. We'll get there in a minute, okay? Let's start off with uh, with this one on the back half. Uh, we'll start at the back nine now. And write my times down. Da-da-da. Wake Forest heads to Clemson. And this one at one point over the last few years was actually a, a much-anticipated ball game. Not now. Not now. Wake Forest, not as good. It's uh, This is an interesting game. Interesting game. I'll say that. Uh, Clemson, a 21-point favorite. Total of 52 and a half, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on the ACC Network. Let's pull up the numbers on the, uh, the screen here. Excuse me. Clemson, my numbers have favored by 20.72. Wake Forest, number 132 strength of schedule. And they still don't look great especially on offense that ain't good wake forest could not score in the first half on old dominion and old dominion's defense don't get me wrong those numbers are pretty good but they ain't great and clemson's defense i think might be kind of great they're number 10 in ppa per drive on defense uh wake forest defense numbers they're pretty good but again we got a massive talent discrepancy here uh five factors big difference here First half point margin, big time in uh, in Clemson's favor. I, neither team very explosive. I'm I'm not going to waste a bunch of time on this. Uh, Clemson, I think, could line up the ball and just run it down their throat. Number 19 in rushing success rate. Uh, Wake Forest is number 23, but I don't think they got dudes like Clemson's got. Now we'll see. We'll obviously see. But it, while the, while Wake Forest defense is number 23 in rushing success loud, number 20 in PPA per rush. Again, you got to pay attention to this strength of schedule number up here, number 132. That is next to last in the country. They have played one of the easiest schedules that you could possibly play. And yet, this number right here, as you see uh, where I highlighted it right there on the screen, stuff rate. They are number 101 in stuff rate on defense. Uh, You're not going to be stuffing Clemson a whole lot. Offensive line yards allowed. Wake Forest defense, number 65. Clemson number 25 in offensive line yards thus far this season. On the other side, this Clemson defense, yeah, you're not going to be running much on them, and and Wake Forest has been running a whole lot more here lately, but stuff rate, number 50, number 29 in offensive line yards allowed. uh, Stuff rate allowed, Wake Forest offense, number 81. That offensive line is not going to be able to block these guys. I still believe that Clemson has got some dudes, and I still believe that this is a pretty well-coached team. You, you're you into week six with your new offensive coordinator uh, yeah I think it was going to take a little bit of time but I fully expect this to kind of be a, a whipping I think Clemson's trying to get back right I'm going to take Clemson minus 21 on this one I uh I trust what the Tigers are doing uh Derek jumped in he said Wake Forest has looked terrible on offense li- uh, this year yes yes uh Gozerian, Gozer, I hope I said that right, said, Wazoo, one of the biggest public dogs. Uh, dog crap on the road historically. They have been bad on the road here lately. Um, not even not even lately. Just historically, they have been bad. Um, but we'll see. I mean, that offense, I think, can travel. We shall see. We shall see. It seems like nobody really covers on the road in the Pac-12. <laughs> uh, just, just a mess. Just an absolute mess. But I trust Cam Ward. Don't you? Hmm. All right, North Texas. Let's talk about North Texas and Navy. Navy is a six point favorite, total of 60 and a half here. It's 2 30 p.m. Central Time on the CBS Sports Network. And good gracious, let's pull it up on the screen. There's a lot of red on this. <laughs> Whole lot of red. Uh, North Texas can't stop the run. That's not good. Um, Navy can't stop the pass, and that's not good, especially because North Texas has been starting Chandler Rogers, who is the transfer that came in from Louisiana Monroe, who can actually sling it a little bit. Their number 40 in passing explosiveness on offense is North Texas. Navy's defense, number 125. They allow explosives. That's not great. So, um, at least there, they allow explosives. Uh, Running the ball, North Texas is actually pretty good. Number 28, PPA per rush. Uh, Navy, that's what they do best on defense. They stop the run. But teams are only running the ball like 46% of the time on them. So if they're throwing the ball more, where obviously there is a disadvantage for Navy's defense, uh, yeah, North Texas can take advantage of that. Now, Navy running the ball certainly has an advantage. That's going to be an issue. Because North Texas, number 131 PPA per rush, number 118 rushing success rate, uh, number one, nineteen rushing explosiveness allowed. They're not great in offensive line yards. They're not great in stuff rate. I mean, these are, this whole section here is just a disaster for North Texas. And yet, my projection has North Texas favored in the ballgame. Okay, uh, Drake jumps in and says, what's up, Gary? What's up, Drake? How you doing, buddy? Uh, I appreciate all you guys for being here. Go ahead and hit that like button if you would. I <laughs> certainly appreciate you guys for uh, for jumping in. Uh, I'm going to take North Texas plus the six. I think it's too many points. I don't trust Navy to be able to get any kind of margin on anybody. This seems like the kind of game where you could see this being like a field goal ball game. Somebody will kick a field goal towards the end of the game, or somebody will miss one at some point, etc., and that will be the determining factor in this spread. That's what I'm going with. I will trust North Texas as much as I may not want to, but uh, Eric Morris, I think it's going to take a little bit of time. But I think certainly here, I don't like this Navy team. I don't like this Navy team at all. I don't think they know how to win. Uh, oh, that's something else we can pull up on this, on this thing. Uh, da, 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 da. Five factors rank. Both of them are bad. But when you, when you pull in the talent right there, which you see right down there at the middle, uh, it flips over, right? Navy, not as much talent as North Texas has, and that's going to be an issue. So the five factors plus talent... Actually favors North Texas, which is why I have them favored by a point here. So North Texas plus six is the way that I'm rolling on that one. Let's move to the SEC. Vanderbilt heads to Gainesville, and Florida is an 18 and a half point home favorite. Total of 52 on this game, 3 p.m. Central Time on the SEC Network. And let's go on and pull it up here. And I don't know if am I jumping. Is it, is is my video jumping? I don't know. We'll figure it out. You guys let me know in the chat. Let me know. Um, I got Florida by 15.98, so 16 points. Uh, total of 45 on this game when, uh, you know, the books have it at 52. I don't trust this Florida offense. And maybe I should against Vandy because their defense, I mean, you look at this, number 121 PPA per pass, number 109 passing success rate allowed, Uh they allow explosives. They can't create havoc. They're number one, eleven 11 in havoc. And, and Florida's offensive line is pretty good at that. Number 21 in havoc allowed. I it, Florida wants to run the ball, I think, mostly. And I think Vandy's actually pretty good against the run. Now, A.J. Swan is supposed to be back this week. Uh, they got some of their weapons coming back on offense, so that's certainly going to be good. But I look at this and I don't know, man. Like at, at some point, I think Vandy is going to cover a number. I think Vandy's is going to put a scare into somebody. But this is a revenge spot for last year because Vanderbilt did beat Florida at home in Nashville. I just I can't get there. Like the only real advantage that I'm seeing for Vanderbilt is penalties per game. They they're number twenty five. They only commit four point eight penalties per game. Uh, Florida six point six. Right. Turnover margin. They're both bad, but Florida doesn't turn the ball over a lot. They just don't get a bunch of takeaways. So. You know, net explosives, eh, number 74 for Vandy, number 133. I mean, just dead last in the country. Maybe, maybe Vandy's offense can find some explosive plays. But do you trust them to do that? Like, I certainly don't. I don't know. I'm not... I'm not the biggest fan of this, but... Because I don't want to bet on Vanderbilt. However... If you made me pick this game, which I'm making myself pick this game for, winning cures everything because I'm sure that there will be somebody out there that wants to look at this and say, which direction would you go? My direction would be Vanderbilt. If the line is 18 and a half. I've got him by 16. I. <laughs> Anyone ever tell you that you sound like Tony Gwynn? No, I've not heard that. I've not. Heard... I'm, I'm, I'll pull that up on the screen. Uh, Tony Gwynn. Very interesting. Very interesting. I like Tony Quinn. That was my favorite baseball player growing up. Um I will I don't want to bet on Vanderbilt. However, I really don't want to bet on Florida to get margin with this offense. You saw the Charlotte game? Charlotte is worse than Vanderbilt. It was 22 to 7? Yeah, that sounds about right. Here it'd be 30 to 14? Yeah, again, sounds about right. I'd take that. I'd take that. So yeah, Vanderbilt plus 18 and a half on this one and let's uh let's pull this off the screen. <laughs> no Jalen Daniels, he's questionable from Nicholas Tiller That's the Kansas game. Hey, why don't we go on and talk about that? Let's go on and do that. Over to the big twelve. All right. UCF at Kansas. And when I looked at the line last night, it was Kansas minus one and a half. I'm trying to pull it up on uh on my screen here, and I may not be able to. I may not be able to find it quick enough. Um total should be around 65 if i'm not mistaken and we'll figure it out kansas and it's not there well of course it's not because why would it be (laughs) there we go all right so we're updating lines yeah it's already flipped ucf minus one minus one and a half i'm even seeing a minus two and a half at a couple of different places heritage got Good Lord. Uh, Yeah, so UCF. So Jalen Daniels, probably not playing. We will figure that out. We will figure that out. It's 3 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Uh, Let me pull up the numbers, which obviously will change a bit with Jason Bean at quarterback instead. But here's what we're going to look at. My numbers with Daniels would have Kansas favored by 793 under no circumstances do I believe that UCF should be favored on the road at Kansas, even with Daniels out. I don't buy it. So I'm going to ride with Kansas plus whatever the number is. Uh, plus, here, I'll put plus one and a half. That's what we'll do. Under no circumstances. Like, that's that's absurd. Uh, look, UCF PPA margin is great, number 28. But there is something about this team, man, Um I just, I I can't figure it out. I don't know exactly what they are. They are explosive. I like Timmy McLean and what he did last week. The numbers, PPA per pass, are great. And they'll they'll be able to take advantage of that Kansas defense. However, they don't do it that often. They only, they they throw the ball 39% of the time. Running the ball, they're number 69 PPA per rush. Kansas, number 106 in that regard. Kansas, number 65 in rushing success rate. These are the kind of games where Lance Leipold and his coaching acumen come in big time. Who do I trust in a coaching matchup between Lance Leipold and Gus Malzahn? I think that you guys know which direction I'm going here. Like, Lance Leipold is a significantly better coach. Like, (laughs) I don't think it's even a question. Uh, In the talent discrepancy, I don't think it's that big. So... You know, five factors rank has got Kansas here. Yeah, if I'm getting Kansas as a dog just because they announced that the quarterback is out, yeah, give me that. Give me that all day long. I will take Kansas plus the one and a half on this. Uh, again, a lot of things that will that will factor into Kansas um, being better on offense. And then you look at this, and UCF is better than Kansas's defense. But I trust... I trust Kansas. That's what I trust. I trust Lance Leipold, especially at home. That's the way I'm rolling. All right, we got a few more games to hit here. Uh, like the video. Subscribe to the channel. Share it out. Don't forget about Three Dog Thursday. Don't forget about the BetUS College Football Show. Moving on. And again, I have to pick up the pace because I have to get out of here. Uh, Colorado at Arizona State. This one is at 5.30 p.m. Central Time on the Pac-12 network. Arizona State, a four-point home dog total of 59 and a half on this and this number has come down quite a bit quite a bit uh nicholas said not even out just questionable hmm, hmm. okay so colorado coach prime everybody loves betting on them but the number is going the opposite direction this week there's still likely a lot of Public support, I would imagine, for Colorado. Let's see. Uh, a couple of different spots I can look that'll tell me how many tickets are on Colorado right now. Just on regular, public, and yeah, that makes sense. 71% of the public bets are on Colorado. This one opened at 5.5. It's down to 4, 4.5. Now it's down to 4 pretty much everywhere. Down to 4. Okay, so 5.5 down to 4. And that is because the Sharp betters like Arizona State right now. Their quarterback situation looks a little bit better now that Drew Pine is back. Colorado, uh, do we trust that they're really number one in strength of schedule? I mean, is that real? I I don't know. Uh, Either way, that's that's an ESPN metric is what it is. Uh, And I do trust it most of the time. I just don't know if TCU, USC, and Oregon is either way. Neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. Defensive success rate is what we're looking at here. Colorado can't stop a cold. They can't stop anybody. It's ridiculous. Uh, their offense, however, is pretty good. They throw the ball like 70% of the time. That Sean Lewis is going to get a head coaching job at a P5 school because he took the Kent State offense to Colorado, had some success with it, and it's the same thing. He should have been hired somewhere better than Kent State while he was at Kent State. And he had to go back to an offense coordinator role. But either way, neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. Colorado cannot run the ball. Now, they ran it on USC. I don't think they'll be able to run it on Arizona State. Now, I know that that sounds ridiculous because you look at the numbers, number 96 PPA per rush allowed, number 89 rushing success rate allowed. Uh, Okay. Um, When you look at you know, points per scoring opportunity, stuff like that. Like, this is all kind of a wash. Colorado's number 76 uh, because they get down there, you know, five times a game, but they're only putting up 3.8 points per scoring opportunity. It's it's not fantastic. Uh, Arizona State, I think, is... Uh, Tommy Drake, Colorado's a great second-half bet this year. Uh, hey, you look at this. Yeah, second-half point margin, for sure. But a lot of that had to do with last week. <laughs> A lot of that had to do with last week. Uh, Arizona State, if you're taking full game, take Arizona State. If you're taking second half, probably take Colorado. Uh, I think it could take them a little bit of time to figure out what Arizona State wants to do because this team, there are like three different versions of Arizona State that you have seen already this year. And there's no telling which one you're going to get each time out. So uh, Colorado, a lot of plays in the game. Arizona State, not as much. These numbers are kind of skewed because, again, it's like three different versions of this. I would probably take Arizona State here at home. Uh, This isn't one of the prime matchups. uh, I say prime. This isn't one of the highlighted matchups for Colorado. What does this team look like when they come off of an emotional high? That's what I'm curious about. If if I had to bet it, I would probably take Arizona State. So Arizona State plus four for me on the show sheet. A few more games. four, Four more games. Good Lord. Yeah, I'm already at an hour. My wife's going to... She's going to kill me. Okay. Moving along. SEC time. Arkansas at Ole Miss. Ole Miss an 11.5 point favorite. Total of 63.5. It's at 6.30 p.m. on the SEC network. And this game is always tight. Now, I know that there's some stuff going on with Sam Pittman, and there's stuff going on with uh, all these others. I mean, they There's stuff going on with Lane Kiffin. Pittman and the mental health stuff is interesting. This team has been through some wars here. Like three straight big-time games. It's tough. Trey said, hard to bet against Arizona State right now. Eh, James jumped in and said, Arizona State is trash. Uh, Look, it's not a game that I feel like I should be spending money on, but if you have to bet it, if it's part of a pick or something along those lines, that's what I'm trying to, to give you the numbers for. Uh, let's see. Nicholas, how do you make the spreadsheets? Where's the info generated from? Uh, no, you make them from uh, all scratch every week. I'll just pull that up there. Uh, here's, here's the deal. I make the spreadsheet. I don't make them from scratch. Obviously, it all jumps in, but I pull the information from a lot of different sources. Team rankings, and it's it sources that I have verified that actually have good information, right? So team rankings, college football data, uh, collegefootballdata.com, uh, sports information, or sports reference, excuse me. One of these days I'm going to get it all right. Uh, CFB stats, etc. right? All of these different spots, they all have good data, and I pull them all into spreadsheets, and I compile it into this thing. So very easy, very easy to do. All right, hiding there. Back to this. Let's write the time down again. All right, Arkansas at Ole Miss. Ole Miss an 11.5-point favorite total of 63.5. It's at 6.30 p.m. on the SEC Network. This game is close all the time. Sam Pittman, uh, all the issues going on, whether it's mental health or whatever, his players are having troubles. Look, Arkansas has been through some wars. However, Ole Miss has played Alabama and LSU back-to-back, and they beat LSU and stormed the field last week. My number on this is Ole Miss minus 9.65. This thing is at 11.5. I'm going to take Arkansas here. And and the reason being that Arkansas offense can score on Ole Miss. If Alabama's offense could put up 24 points on Ole Miss, Arkansas should be able to put up 30. Like, I, I like K.J. Jefferson. He is a significantly better quarterback than what Alabama's got rolling right now. Um, I, I don't think that either one of these defenses is great, so I would expect that we're going to see points. Uh, the total on it is 63.5. Yeah, I've got 62.29. I still might would go over the 63.5 because I think if you look at, eh, Arkansas likes to go slow. I didn't realize that. 64.6 plays per game, number 86. I think they'll be able to go above their average on that for sure. Uh, look, this game is tight every single year. Every year it comes down to a two-point conversion or some crazy field goal or whatever. So, yeah, uh, between between these two teams, like it's always close. And I I like the offense at Arkansas. Like I know they've made some mistakes and whatnot, but it's not like they're not going to be able to score. So I any time that you don't have a defense that can stop anybody which is what Ole Miss has, yeah, I will take Arkansas to stay within 11.5. I think that's a crazy number, considering it's kind of the same thing with LSU being favored over Arkansas by 17.5, right? That game has been three points every year. (laughs) Uh, Chad jumps in. KJ looked like Danny Dimes running around. Offensive line of Swiss cheese. Yeah, but who does, again, Ole Miss. Let's look at these numbers. Ole Miss on defense number 120 in offensive line yards allowed. Number 128 in stuff rate. Uh havoc created. They're number 19. But they don't they're number 103 in PPA per pass. They're number 121 in passing success rate allowed. They're not good on passing downs. Like number 61, they don't get interceptions that This almost defense isn't good. They're just not good. I think Arkansas is going to be able to score. So, that is the direction that I'm going here. I will take Arkansas, plus 11.5. All right, I did promise somebody in the chat earlier, we are going to talk about this. We are going to talk about this one. Uh, Georgia Tech and Miami. And let's... Georgia Tech heads to Coral Gables, or maybe it's Miami Gardens, wherever Hard Rock Stadium is. Uh, They head down there, and Miami is a 21-point favorite, total of 57.5, at 7 p.m. on the ACC Network. Are there going to be a lot of fans there for Georgia Tech? No. No, Miami will not have a full house. But that is okay. Because Mario Cristobal's team is fantastic. They are so good. And yes, this might be a little bit of a look-ahead spot because they do have North Carolina on deck. But... I've got Miami by 31 here. Uh, Georgia Tech's offense has been pretty good this year. Now, Bowling Green made them look dumb. But... I think this team is pretty good. Like, I think, I think Miami is a dominating team in the ACC. I just think that people don't know what to do with them, right? This team was so bad last year, and now you see the numbers on the screen. Number four in PPA margin? Like, they're number four PPA per drive on offense. Number 21 PPA per drive on defense. Uh, offensive success rate, they're number nine overall. Defensive success allowed number eight. Now, again, some of this has to do with the strength of schedule up here, number 102. However, they are blowing out teams that they should blow out. And they blew out Texas A&M, who has proven to be a pretty good team. On offense, they are fantastic. And Georgia Tech is not fantastic on defense. That's where I see the, the margin coming from. Now, we look at this. First half point margin. Georgia has been able, Georgia Tech. Excuse me, has been able to stay in these games. They're plus five point five in the first half. Second half, Georgia Tech is minus twelve point two. Miami is number two in the country in second half uh, point margin. That's plus sixteen point seven in the second half. So when you see a discrepancy like that, just kind of pay attention to what's going on in the second half. Uh, it means that you have a team in Miami that is actually making adjustments at halftime and a team in Georgia Tech that I don't think can make adjustments. Uh, Derek said, how does Georgia Tech lose to Bowling Green last week? Well, um, there's there's problems with Georgia Tech, and it was also a look-ahead spot, right? So, again, these numbers are just a part of the handicap of a game. you got to be able to look at what they've got coming up, etc., in this situation, I've got Miami favored by 31. The line is 21. Miami plays North Carolina next week. That's a massive ACC showdown, and if Miami is more interested in getting to the ACC championship game and you know all that kind of stuff, obviously that's going to be a much bigger game for them than Georgia Tech. Do they allow backdoor covers? Does Haynes King uh, come in with this Georgia Tech offense, who's number 20 in PPA per pass, number 12 in passing success rate here? Do they find a way to score on Miami? Here's the biggest issue, I think, for Georgia Tech. Number 132 in Havoc rate allowed on offense. Uh, Miami, number 27 in Havoc created. That is a big-time discrepancy. Georgia Tech can't run the ball. Uh, I don't know that they're even really going to try to here because, I mean, this is wild. Rushing success rate, Miami's defense is number two rushing success allowed. Uh, Georgia Tech is number 99. You're not going to have a whole lot of success here. Standard Downs PPA, uh, Standard down success, Miami is fantastic. This Miami defense, look, I'm telling y'all, I said it in the offseason, if you hadn't been watching Winning Cures Everything all year, you need to be doing it, okay? Even, even through uh, the off months, in the summertime, in in February, March, whatever, Lance Guidry was going to be the biggest hire of Mario Cristobal's career. He is fantastic. That guy is unreal, and he, he's showing it right here. Now, granted, again, strength of schedule. We will see what Gant- Lance Gidry draws up for Drake May next week. But here, I like it. But uh, but yes, right here, situational spot favors Georgia Tech. I'm still going to take Miami because I trust my numbers here. Um, but it's one thing to trust numbers and another to trust a, uh, a handicap situational spot, all that kind of stuff. So, okay. Next on the board, San Jose State. Oh, man. They travel to Boise State. And i got to write down my times. Good gracious. San Jose State travels to Boise State. Boise is a 9.5 point favorite. Total of 59 on this. Uh, 7 p.m. Central on CBS Sports Network. And we'll pull up the numbers because we will go quickly on this. My number makes it Boise minus 7.45. Uh, and I've got a significantly less total than uh, than the actual total. So... Not going to touch the total here. When there's that big of a variance, I don't want to touch it. However, my number's right on where the line opened. It was like Boise 7.5 or 8. This San Jose State defense is terrible. However, they have played, you know, USC and Oregon State and whoever else, all these teams that are going to be able to uh, do all this stuff. Uh, I don't know. I'm... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I look at this, and and I don't know how San Jose State is going to stop Boise. However, when you look at Boise on defense, that's a whole lot of red. Andy Avalos' defense has not been good at all. Right up here at to the top, you can tell it. Defensive uh, PPA per drive is number 118. Uh, defensive success rate allowed, number 117. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the run, and San Jose State is number 39 PPA per rush, number 37 uh, rushing success rate. I think San Jose State can score enough points to keep this thing within 9.5. Okay, and my guess is that this will end up at 10. Uh, yeah, I already see a couple of books that have 10. I think DraftKings is just at 10. Um, that's that's where I would go with this. Uh <laughs> I just think San Jose State can score. I like their offense. I like what they do. Uh, Both of these defenses are kind of garbage. And if you're a fan, I'm sorry. But it's true. Numbers don't lie. Kind of. Let's see. You guys made me win again last night. Thanks, bro. Waiting on tonight's game. That's uh, Moises. Hey, we appreciate you, man. We appreciate you. All right, last one on the board. We're doing a Pac-12 After Dark. Uh, Like the video, subscribe to the channel if you would so kindly. I appreciate you guys. Maybe we'll just do this live every week. Every Thursday, we're going to knock this out. Tone jumps in. What's going on, Gary? What's up, Tone? How you doing, buddy? I appreciate you guys for jumping in. All right, last one that we are going to hit, and I'm not going to do like a, a viewing guide or whatever this week because I just do not have the time. Okay, but I love you guys, and I will do it again next week. Okay, I'll do it early next week. Okay, let's do this. Uh, Air Force ate their D alive in the second half. Talking about Sanders State, yeah, yeah, they absolutely did. Yeah, anytime you play Air Force, it's going to make your it's going to make your rush defense numbers look really bad. Uh, just not good. Kyle and Parker with the win last night. Kyle with the L in the under. Like, no, Gary and Parker with the win last night. Uh, yeah, that those Jacksonville State games are a beautiful disaster every single week. Every single week. All right. Arizona at USC. USC a twenty-one and a half point favorite. Total of seventy-two on this one. Nine thirty PM Central Time, God's time zone on ESPN. Okay, it doesn't look like Jaden Delora is going to play. That's the that's the guess. Uh, the backup was pretty good against Washington, but I think Washington. Has kind of reached a point where they are just waiting for the Oregon game, which is next week, by the way. Oh, that's something we'll do at the end of this. Uh, I gotta do. <laughs> I gotta do where game day is going. Okay. Anyway, um, I this one's at USC. USC gets to come home after the whole Colorado thing. That defense, man. The numbers look good. But I do wonder how much they will take their foot off the gas with the Notre Dame game being next week. Situational spot, as you guys have talked about uh, in the in the chat here. Situational spot certainly favors Arizona because USC is headed to South Bend next week for a primetime game against Notre Dame. Uh, again, the numbers, defensive success rate is number 29 in the country for USC. Uh, they're really good against the pass. They're really not great against the rush. But overall, defensive PPA bird drive allowed is number 40. So, that's pretty good. And this offense can do kind of whatever they want. Last week against Colorado, they got up 34-7, to 41-14, and completely took their foot off the gas. Do they do that here against Arizona? They've got most of Arizona's good players. Right? <laughs> I say most. Um, it's they, they took some guys, like Singer coming in at wide receiver. They took a couple of defense backs, uh, from what I understand. Like, yes. Um... The problem for Arizona is you look at their overall offensive explosiveness and they can't take advantage of the fact that USC gives up explosive plays regularly. So that's that's where it becomes an issue. Uh, Maybe Arizona will just be methodical and take the ball down the field every single time. My guess would be that they won't because they're number 50 in points per scoring opportunity, which is a a scoring opportunity is a first down inside the opponent's 40-yard line. They're number 50 in that metric. Uh, USC is number two in the country on defense in points per scoring opportunity allowed. Just wild. Just wild. Uh, five factors all favor USC here. First half point margin certainly favors USC. Uh, Arizona is minus two and a half points uh, in the first half, USC is plus twenty one point eight. That's number two versus number seventy seven. Maybe first half bet on USC. Like that, that kind of seems like the smart way to go. But if I've got to go full game, which we have to, this is the the thing that I have created on this channel. I'm going to take USC minus twenty one and a half because I think that they are not going to want to let the same thing happen as happened last week. Just my guess. I think they got embarrassed. So, so that is the way that we will ride on that one. Okay, now, wrap my time down again, and we will recap. Now, just read through, and for those of you that don't want to give me a full view, you don't want to watch the whole show, I understand. Okay, we all don't have time. Uh, don't set 21 and a half a scary season. Most of the time, it doesn't come down to that, but, man, I've been bitten by some by some half points. I've been bitten by the hook multiple times this year. Uh, I understand if you don't have the time to watch the whole show. So, with that said, we'll recap every game. I'm going to take Kansas State on Friday night, minus 11.5. I will take Nebraska, plus 3.5. UAB, plus 3.5. Missouri, plus 5.5. Army, minus 3 at home against Boston College. Rutgers, plus 13.5 in Madison. I'm going to take Marshall, plus 6.5. I think they can win the game outright. Uh, Temple, plus 14. I will take Washington State plus three and a half. Uh, Florida state minus 24, Iowa minus two. I will take Clemson minus 21 at home. North Texas plus six against Navy Vandy plus 18 and a half against Florida, Kansas plus one and a half. Even if they don't have Jalen Daniels, Uh, Arizona state plus four against Colorado, Arkansas plus 11 and a half. I'll take Miami minus 21. Even laying that big number, San Jose state plus nine and a half. And I will take USC minus 21 and a half. Okay, I do have two more things that I need to hit. Uh, You guys are fantastic. Uh, I appreciate you being here. Uh, We we had like over 50-some-odd people watching. You guys are great. Uh, The first thing that I do every week that I haven't gotten a chance to do because I didn't do the preview show. And we'll write the time down so that I can chop it up later. Where is College Game Day going for week number seven? A lot of options on the board. Obviously, we'll have to see what happens in week number six. But I think that they're headed back to the West Coast. And it won't be for Colorado. I think they're going to go to Oregon and Washington. They've already been to South Bend. Why would you go to USC and uh, USC and Notre Dame, which is also next week? It's a primetime game. It's on NBC. Why would you go there when you own the rights to Oregon at Washington? And you may not get to show them again after next year, right? Because they, they entered the Big Ten next season. ESPN has no deal. ABC has no deal with the Big Ten. Take advantage of this one. Now, of course, you may not want to... I don't know. You may not want to deal with that. Maybe it's harder to travel across the West Coast. I get that. Uh, if you can get some upsets this weekend, and it's not far-fetched, not too far-fetched, but if Kentucky finds a way to beat Georgia and Missouri can find a way to beat LSU, again, mm, interesting. Uh Missouri plays at Kentucky next week. Potentially a battle of unbeatens, even if it's not. Even if you just have Kentucky, who just came off of of beating Georgia in Athens. That would be my third option. Missouri at Kentucky. Because that one could get interesting. Emotional letdown spot for everybody in that one. So, uh, Oregon at Washington is going to be my pick for where college game day is going to go for week number seven. USC at Notre Dame. They've gone back to places before. Right, and that's a huge name brand thing. The issue is, ESPN, ABC, they have the Oregon-Washington game. It's a 2:30 game. I think they're going to go out there, so we'll see what happens. Uh, the next one that I do every single week, and I've had several of you guys asking about it, is the most likely outright underdog winners. Here is who I've got. Okay, my numbers like Missouri over LSU. They like North Texas over Navy, Tulsa as an outright favorite over FAU, and Marshall over NC State. Those are the ones. If you were going to round robin four of them or whatever, that's what I would roll with. So I think that those can uh, can knock that thing in. All right, we did an hour twenty. I don't know why I do this myself, but <laughs> but I appreciate you guys. Uh, I will I will be chopping these things up later on. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for liking the video, subscribing to the channel. Uh, Spread the word. I'm trying to get this channel up to 10,000 subscribers this football season. It's just me over here. I'm a one-man operation, okay? Uh, I do have the Three Dog Thursday show coming up in uh, 40 minutes. But, you know, it's me. I edit everything. I, I look up all my own research, all this kind of mess, and I have fun doing it. And it's because of you guys, right? All you guys in the chat. I appreciate all of you. All right, with that said, let's get out of here. Oh, don't forget, uh, buymeacoffee.com slash winningcures. I'm on Telegram at GaryWCE. I'm on Instagram and TikTok at GaryWCE. I'm on Twitter at winningcures. And don't forget about the BetUS College Football Show. Go check out my official plays over there. Uh, I already want to know this week. Always good. Always good. With that said, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Of course, God bless college football. And hopefully, hopefully, all of your tickets cash this week thanks for listening to winning cures everything make sure and follow me on twitter at gary wce if you want to toss in a question you can email me gary at winning make sure and hit that subscribe button and we'll see you next time